just never get to ever uh, over 50 ever get in LA ever again. I know. I'd be like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden in Minnesota, it's like 85 <laughs> year round. I'm like, wait a second here. Holy and crap. then everyone moves out of LA and it becomes cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 42 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, and I am Trevor L. Nelson. And I'm Alex Dark, and today we're going to be talking about building the perfect kit. Oh man, it's a tough one. One of my favorite things. Oh man, this is Alex's giddy, giddy with joy. Um, but I first, am. what are we drinking, Alex? Oh, reluctantly, we're drinking uh, cold beer. Cold beer, Coors. We're on the Coors train again. The Rockies are blue even when just <laughs> sitting out. Okay, you know what, guys, you're gonna make fun of us again. But it is forty. Zef, Zef, just shut your yeah, mouth. Yeah, it is forty-six degrees in LA right now. And for some reason, our studio has the worst insulation of any building I've ever been oh, in in my man. life. I'm wearing two coats right now. <laughs> okay, sounds so sad. <laughs> I'm wearing wow. I'm wearing a pea coat. Yeah, with a uh, hoodie under it. And he actually was thinking about peeing on the pea coat to warm it up. I was, uh, but then I was. It, it I thought it was like a wetsuit <laughs> where you're supposed to have a layer of water inside, just all over the place. So you know, don't make fun of us, guys. You know what? It's just a little, little cold, and we're not used to it here. Yeah. I mean, we show up in our little hoodies, and it's 46 yeah. degrees, and we spend like seven hours in 46-degree yeah. cold. Yeah. You guys, in the cold weather, you don't stay outside very much. You go inside to your warmth. We went inside to cold. It's <laughs> colder inside than it is out. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's why it's hard for us to drink this cold beer. But we will power through for you guys for entertainment yeah, purposes. Doing it for you, really. Yeah, because nobody... Nobody sponsors us. Nobody except the fun bot thinks that we're worse when we drink. So, yeah. hey, we'll do it. Yeah. We're also doing it for those sponsors. Any alcohol company out there, just know that we'll drink you no matter what if you sponsor us. Yeah. Even when it's super cold. That's true. Imagine if we got sponsored by Jaeger. <laughs> it's just every time we had to drink Jaeger. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> my best Jaeger or, story oh. is college when I played uh, Edward Jaeger hands. Yeah. Well, and I taped a bottle of Jaeger to my hand and I had to finish it when the par- by the time the party was over. And let me just say, I finished that bottle, but I don't remember the party ending. Can we just say that it doesn't really count if you only have one bottle taped to one hand? But it was Jaeger. It's not a 40. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm just it. saying, but like you could take it off. The point of like... Yeah, cute- I know, but okay. I was it was a dedication. I see. It was just like, it you know what? Like, I'm going to do this. Like, you could have just done it with... Basically, you were just like, I'm going to drink a whole bottle of Jaeger myself. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been drinking beforehand, so I thought it was a good idea to tape it to my hand, but... Uh, just so you don't lose it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe this is what they talk about when they say we don't talk about anything for the first one. I know. Minutes. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Oh, well, Whoops. you know what? Our entertainment. daisy yeah. We're entertaining ourselves, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so what's new with us, Alex? Well, not we, too much. Not, too not much. a whole lot. Yeah, not a whole lot. Uh, well, first of all, in line with our topic today, yes, we are, and perhaps what inspired I the would topic say, yeah. today, yeah, yeah, we are selling off a lot of our equipment. <sighs> we Man, just what a sad this. day! We literally just decided. This. I know, we, um, like three hours ago, we decided to sell off all of our equipment. Um, not all of it, but. 
what we're going to do is keep the only the things that work for our quote unquote perfect equipment package. Um, current, like what we're planning on shooting in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, um, that being, you know, by saying that, we're meaning that the $29,000 Chapman dolly we have in our small little studio that we would never use and is too big to put in a car so we'd never bring anywhere, we're selling it selling because it. it just doesn't make sense for us right now or in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, the also, li- I'd like to point out that 29000 is an arbitrary number. Yes, it is. All these numbers are arbitrary. You cannot, um, you cannot find a price yeah. for a Chapman dolly Because they don't sell them. I don't know how we were lucky enough to get one. I mean, that's probably why we spent so much on it, because we're like, you can't buy these. Yeah. We'll take it. Um, um, all yeah. of our lighting, uh, a lot of our lighting, gone. Going to be upgraded to, to new, new stuff. We're basically going to take all of our, a lot of our equipment that works and buy... Newer fewer. equipment, but less of it. Yeah, and part of it is that we want to... Well, we'll get into this later. Yeah, yeah we'll get into it later. Um, okay, so what else is yeah. new? So, uh, we are... <laughs> Alex made a joke that we should look back at all of our podcasts and see how many times we said we've, we're finishing up a proposal. Uh, we're finishing up our, our film slate proposal. Uh, we're going to start optioning some scripts from friends. Uh, we're going to yeah. start writing the one of the proposal's basically done. Proposal's done. We want to get one of our scripts written... Uh, Make sure that the other script that has been written is ours. Um, yeah. And then we're going to start sending it out to people. We know some people and some other people and some Got more people. We just know peoples. some peoples and things. We're, and we're gonna uh, do some pretty stuff. popular. Uh, but basically, the proposal that we've probably been talking about for the past 10 episodes. Ooh, 10? I don't know. But I'm just saying. No, that's 10 it's weeks. It's done. We even, yeah. It's done. The Alex killed it. done. Alex killed it. Um, now we're just doing the behind the scenes stuff, making sure everything's in order so that we can start sending it to the people. Yeah. We want to, what we recommend if you're doing a a film slate proposal, not just a proposal for one film, but for multiple films, do what we do. And that is have a script, at least one script ready and ready to go. Because if somebody's really interested, they'd be like, Oh, this is interesting. I would like to read one of the scripts. And if you're like, uh, give me a little bit that, that, uh, Opportunities pass yeah. you by. Ideally, you'd have all of them. All of them, but hey, we uh, we're rebels, yeah, and dumb, but yep. Uh, yep. and busy. Um, but so uh, we are we are almost done with that. And finally, Alex, this proposal not proposal, but a partnership is kind of your idea. So tell them about the partnership. Yeah. So I another proposal. <laughs> Speaking of proposals, proposal, 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 proposal. proposal. Um, <laughs> sent the proposal to an acting studio here in LA ah. um, that is run by a an actor and a filmmaker, and they host classes in in North Hollywood. And um, it seemed, without getting too much into it, because nothing's really certain yet, it seemed like a good possible uh, partnership to create for Cinema Summit. Yep. To um, do some classes and create online courses yep. uh, in filmmaking and acting. Yep. And also in-person events, courses, classes, and things of that nature. So, Which we will let you know um, on fearlessfilmmaker.com if you join. That's right. We'll let you know more about it later. Uh, can't say too much now because don't want to jinx it. That's really it. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. We it's always not that do I, that. It's not that I can't say... It's just that I don't want to jinx it. We always do that. We always jinx it, and we thought we had a good deal going with getting a TV studio out in Pennsylvania, but 
We jinxed it. I'm going to get that TV studio. We jinxed it. One way or another. No? All right. Well, let's do it. Um, All right. So on to the main topic of today. And like we said before, this was kind of a – this was born out of our realization that we need to sell a lot of our stuff and start building kits that that are usable now. Not, oh, man, this would be nice to have five years from now. Right or man, well, when we have the next our next studio, this would be great. Not only that, it does. I don't, I'd say it's less about that. Fine, because, screw you. Because yeah, I mean, if we had great stuff for the future, we're going to keep it. But I'm saying, like, if there's stuff that we don't see us using now, or isn't like the ultimate there, for the okay. future, the ultimate for the future, like the Chapman dolly. Right, we could probably use that in five years. But do we want a better dolly that's not so cumbersome? Yeah, yeah probably. 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 And same with our lighting. It's like we have a ton of lighting that we could totally go out and shoot something with. Yeah. And and it'd be great. But we want uh, the ultimate kit. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, And what do we mean by ultimate? Let's start by defining the perfect ultimate Uber Vice (sighs) kit. I think this uh, mileage may vary, as they say. This will all depend on the person and yeah, what they exactly. and what they are planning on shooting. It's a very personal uh, yeah. Idea. Look inside, deep yeah. inside yourself, and figure out what the perfect. And it's perfect for you, is. you know. Yeah. Like, okay, I started off a long time ago thinking the perfect thing was one thing, and turns out I was wrong. Yeah, and then he got married. Dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I I used now to wife I used to measure. Ooh, easy. My kit, oh, basically in oh. like in mass. Yeah, it was the it was the I want to fill up an entire truck. Yeah, and that means if I can fill up an entire truck, no matter how crappy the equipment is or repetitive, it's great. Yeah, or just like unrealistic, you know? Because yeah. like I used to be like, oh, you mean I want- the M eighteen is not realistic. <laughs> I mean, it is <laughs> for you right now, though. Sure, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, uh, what I'm talking about is, like, I used to want to have, like, two 10-ton trucks, two 5-tons, and and some 1-tons. You know, I just how wanted, like, a whole have, slew of stuff. How things have changed, because we had a 2-ton. Yeah. And we and got... We like, let's get the... Get this out of here. Out of here. Do not want this anymore. We were working towards our goal and our dream of having like a fleet of vehicles with tons of equipment that we could call on at any moment. And we got one of them. Yeah. And we were and like, we were like whoa, no. Whoa. Absolutely not. This is the worst idea. Why did we do this? Um, he talked me into it. And I looked at yeah. Alex and he was like, you did. And I was like, no. And <laughs> then did. we fought and then we sold it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was, it wasn't, I wouldn't say a disaster. It just wasn't what we thought it would be. I mean, you got to try these things out, sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. there were a lot of issues Young that came along with it. And the idea, um, basically, at bottom line is having a ton of gear uh, is nice because it's like, oh, you can just roll in and like shop for whatever you need. Yeah. And take it with you. But yeah. Um, the idea of having like this huge, like Warner Brothers Ugh. sized fleet of things. It's like, no, that's not going to, first of all, we're <laughs> not, we're not going to use that. No. Like the, oh, we would rent it <laughs> yeah. out to people maybe. But if we want to be like, at one point we had Alex, we were actually thinking about taking over a rental company. And then we also sat there and thought, 
do we want to be a rental company or do we want to make movies? Yeah. Um, and the good thing about like Warner Brothers is that they make movies and they have so much equipment they can rent it out too. But we're not there. We're not Warner Brothers. No. We, we aren't making 20 movies a year. No. No. And um, you, I, we get what, what's called, or what I call, gear blindness. Oh, man. Where, where you just sort of are like, I want it all. I, I would, can't see what it's for. I don't know why I need this. I won't even say gear blindness. I will say auction blindness. Oh, God. Because it's what the stuff is in the auction. You're like, this is a great deal. It's never going to happen again. I need I it need now. I need it right now. And that has resulted in us overflowing in our studio and our, yeah. second, and our other storage unit. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so, basically... The perfect kit, I would say, is one that you will use everything you have. Yep. Uh, for whatever projects yep. you do. So, yep. like for example, if you are shooting promo videos, mm-hmm. you will not need the same things that you would need that a person shooting feature films would need, because sure. you'll have if you get the kit that the person uh, shooting feature films. Has you will end up not using eighty percent of the stuff. Now, would you recommend? You know, if as you start, if your if your end goal is to shoot feature films, yeah, start building up that kit, knowing and focusing on things that you could also use to shoot your promos to get more money to buy the stuff. Right, I think so there's like, crossovers. Yeah, in that, like, you know, pretty much all gear that you could shoot a promo with is the same gear that you could shoot a feature with, but not, it's not the other way around. It's like it's like the square rectangle thing. You know what I'm saying? Do you get, do you get me? Yeah, I got you. A square is a rectangle, but a rectangle isn't a square? Yeah. Uh, it's the same with features. and Because like any equipment you can use to shoot a promo, you could use to shoot a feature, but like you wouldn't necessarily use a huge HMI or like a yeah. like blaster giant <laughs> you know, LEDs like... Digital Sputnik mm-hmm. DS6 crazy things for a promo video. No, or, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, the goal here is to evaluate yourself. Yeah. And the way we're looking at building our perfect kit is we're going to buy the stuff that would work on a promo, but also what we want to use for feature films and focus on getting that stuff first. Yeah, we say so, promo, but that's not really true either because that's not really what we do most no, of the time. No, interviews and like, yeah, stuff like that. We're saying promo as an example, yes, of like the type of thing. maybe you, know, you do like, some educational videos or something like that. Yeah, or like uh, digital. Shoots. Yeah, like if you're if you're doing a lot of digital stuff, I mean, you really don't need a lot. Um. So yeah. So now. Yeah. So it's like you get you you get your. You know, Kino Flow Freestyle Select 30 Gaffer Kit. Yeah. Now, that can be used in a feature. Sure. But it also is very handy for your promo, like interviews. interviews, digital stuff. So go get that one first because that is, you're building out two kits at once, basically. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then it's like, you probably don't need a bunch of high rollers. No. You know? So hold off on those, hold but off you probably those. need some C-stands. So yep. go for some C-stands first. Right. Get, build out the kit. You want your kit to be able to expand with you. So make sure you're buying stuff that you can use, and when you move on to feature films or and shorts, you're not going to have to get rid of that stuff. You can just meld it into your next kit, your yeah. phase two kit. I'm also 
I'm also going to instill a rule. Uh oh. I think. Uh, okay, you think you're going to instill a rule? I'm. I'm not certain. Are you, about this. you think it's a rule, or you think you're going to instill it? I think I'm going to instill it. All right, go. Which is for phase one. Uh-huh. What we're calling phase one, All which right. is stuff that we're going to get and stuff that we have yeah. to shoot now. Yeah. I'm going to say uh-huh. that it should all be caseable or like in a case. Yeah, I break rules, man. I don't, because uh, I'm a because, rebel. Fuck that. Um, what happens is all this stuff goes in our cars. Yep. Uh, loosey goosey crap. Maybe. Doesn't uh, make for nicey nice packing. F- speak for yourself. Uh, I will because I'm the one that always has the shit in my truck. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay, so w- when you say caseable, like, all right, we have we have ten hives, right? Hive wasps. Yeah. Um, we throw them in a milk. But crate. we're gonna sell two. Yeah, yeah, but but we throw them. We have we have a case that fits three. Yeah. B- b- Pelican case works phenomenal. Love it. Yeah. Nope. Now done. Done. Getting rid of it. Getting rid of the pelican case. Yeah. Why is that? Oh, because we're gonna get two cases. That fit four. Oh, shit. We may have some in storage. Yeah, we do. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. Yep. Okay, so, but I mean, like, you're talking like you want, like, foam cases, enclosures, rather than, like, they all fit, like, three of those uh, wasps fit nice in a in a milk crate. Yeah, Standing no, we don't up. want that because okay. you can't stack that. Yeah, that's true. I, I was just, I'm just trying to get clarification on your rule so I can break it and bend it and That's the problem. Yeah, milk crates are great. If you can fit the crap in it. And it doesn't like go. The problem with milk crates, so we have like a ton of grip gear in yeah. milk crates, like uh, baby pins, like candlesticks, all this stuff. But like it slides through the holes. Milk crates are great for for storage on a shelf. They're yeah. not good for transport. I mean, yeah, unless you have a cart. Yeah. With milk crates on the cart, and you don't have to break it all down and take them off. Yeah. Uh, to transport, you like just wheel it onto like a, a sprinter. A sprinter Ooh, don't, with like don't a talk lift about phase gate. two yet. Don't, I know, don't talk that's about phase two. two. Okay. All right. Um, so, so anyway, and, and then, but like for the biggest thing that I hate, and I'm sure all you guys hate this too, is transporting C stands. Not only because um, they're awkward to just like put and yeah. like load in somewhere, yeah. but like if you've ever tried to load up a cart with C stand or like unload a like a U-Haul. With gear and you have like a rock and roller stand or, or a cart. I mean, um, it sucks. Yeah. Because you can't stack anything else. It's like you have to basically make one trip of just like C stands that are like stacked on, bungee corded so they don't like tip over. <laughs> yep. But Matthews makes these C stand uh, bags mm. that fit three. Mm. But their their turtle base C stands, which is you know it is what it is. But um, to me, that's a little bit better. You can stack them on top of each other on a cart, or they have wheels themselves, and it's all it's all there. It's just there. Yeah, um, that's what I'm talking about. That that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. And and for us, you know, the stuff is is transportable in in cars. That's another one of our rules. Yeah. We don't want to have to rent anything so far a vehicle to move this stuff to. Our shoots. That's just, it. Just doesn't. It's no fun. No fun at all. Um, and it costs you money and gas and all that. And you have to go. You know, you have to go get the truck, drop your car off, go load the truck and unload it. Something that's nice that that uh, that me and Alex did when we did this uh, this uh, uh, pilot is that 
we were able to just leave the stuff in our car overnight because you know what? It was it, yeah. it was late when we got home. Didn't feel like unloading it, but if you have a truck, you got to return it that night. You got to unload it. Yeah. it. Sucks. And really, you know, it's bad practice to leave everything in your car, but whatever. Yeah, but I have underground parking, so I'm with cameras. <sighs> um, and also, man, we have just been jumping all over the place. Another thing that's going to depend on your perfect kit is your budget. Um, how much money do you have to spend? Um, right. And are you pretty confident in getting future gigs so you'll want to put it on a credit card or take out a loan um, to pay for this equipment to build out your kit, knowing that you're going to be able to get more gigs down the line because you have better gear and you know gear that you're able to bring that beats out other people's, your competitors? Well, my thing with this is um, if you say to yourself that you're not going to compromise. Yeah. Then you can go, you can start off with just one thing. Yeah. Or two, you know, just like if you just got um, the Kino gaffer kit or whatever, and that's it. And then you got a a couple of stands for it, right? uh, And then you build from there. Yeah. Because, um, or whatever your kit includes. Uh, I'm just saying, like, what happens to us is we find a good deal and we yeah. compromise yeah. because it's like, oh, that's such a good deal. That that would work. Uh, but it's not the perfect. Kick. Okay, so here's, here's my question to you then. On that idea, say a listener out there doesn't have $3,000 for the KinoFlow uh, gaffer kit, right? Yeah, 6000 No, that's for two, isn't it? Nope. Oh, shit. Okay, 6000 Now this is even more of a realistic possibility for our listeners out there. Mm -hmm. So they don't have six k for the gaffer kit, right? Would you say to them, you know what? Get the MacTex or get something that's – get a knockoff brand. No. What I would say is – well, first of all, that's probably not the only thing on their kit, like their perfect list, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying you said start off. So start yeah, off so with start just, off with something else that okay. isn't the Kinos that's cheaper. Yeah, that's still on the list. Yeah, but you know, now, now we're talking a little different here because this is a kit for like buying for like stuff. Remember, you can always rent this stuff, and so if you yeah. are if you do, can't afford the gaffer kit, rent it for a weekend when you have a gig, and you'll with ShareGrid you can do it a lot easier now. But we're talking about building your own kit that you a you can rent out and you can rent yourself out with. Yeah, and it also is yours to make money off of, yeah. um, rather than paying someone else to to live their dream. Exactly. So I mean, like, like also on our on our list is like the um, hive wasp, which yeah. we already have. Yeah. But you know, you can get two of those yeah. instead of the kinos and and light something with those. I mean, hell, you could get one and do a bounce. Yeah. I mean, if you exactly. really needed to, uh, just one bounce it. Got full color spectrum. Put like a big softy box yeah. on it. Yeah, not not a bad deal. So, like, we learn from our mistakes. We got a lot of gear, and we're hoping that our volume will equal better gear, smaller volume. Yeah. Um, because we compromised. Um, and not to say we weren't able to shoot a lot of cool stuff with the things we got. We made it work. But when you have uh, MacTex, which are LED type Kinos. Um, and each it's not bicolor. You have to switch out bulbs and switch colors. It just takes time, and it gets annoying. Yeah, and not only that, the 
to me, like the act of switching the bulbs isn't or the tubes isn't the problem. It's the fact that you have to carry around yeah. an entire set of tubes. Yep. With you, I mean, and for example, one of our fixtures holds what was it? 18, 18 tubes. Tube, 18 four foot tubes, and that's In just one, one fixture. color. And we and, have two of them. And we have two of them. So you'd have to bring. You you'd have to bring thirty six extra bulbs in the other color, temp, to just have uh, you know have the option have the flexibility to, to change colors. Yeah. Not good, especially when there's technology out there where not only is it by color, it is full color spectrum. Yeah, just, and it's just all you know. You don't have to switch anything. You just yeah. use the little dial exactly. Um. So, I guess now we should move on to. Our phase one. And this phase phase one for us is interviews, digital shoots, uh, short films and promos and like, you know, your digital YouTube, shoots. digital YouTube and like, you know, sexual harassment awareness training, stuff yeah, like that. That's Trevor's specialty. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to read the manual, but uh, but I, I got it. Um, so, yeah. So this is like what what would be the perfect kit for for someone who's getting into that? And this is probably your. Starting off, what kit do you want to get to before you can say, you know what, I don't need to rent a damn thing if I'm going to go shoot this interview. Not a damn thing. Um, You obviously need your camera. Um, And your camera in this phase can be a GH5S, can be an A7S, be a Blackmagic pocket camera. Um, They all produce great images. You know, you may have to talk to some people about the size of the camera because some people may not take it seriously. But once they see the images that come out of it, it'll look great. I feel like that... That those days are over. That's true. Because while well, most people don't know, hey, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like yeah. they, they don't have a clue. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're shooting like promos and stuff, it's like they have no idea. It's it's <laughs> actors that might be like, hmm, this is like not this a real is, thing. A student film. Because it's not a real yeah. movie camera, boo hoo. Mm-hmm. But um <laughs> and I don't even know if that's true. I just I've felt that myself. Like I think there's certain like unspoken signals to like actors Ooh, that say this is signals. like this is a this is a project that I don't know is real, but <laughs> um, but that's not to say you can't shoot really cool stuff on on DSLRs. I mean, we've shot most of our stuff on DSLRs. Yep, and that's how we got started. And it looks great. And it looked great. I I didn't have a problem with any of it. No, loved it. Um, and then you're going to get into, you know, you want to get into uh, lighting. Alex recommended, you know, well, I mean, okay, sticking with camera first. You got your, you got your camera, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe like an Evo one if you want to go a little bit bigger. Sure. Um, so there's like the camcorder options. Yeah. Which if you're again, like if you're, if you are going to be doing like documentary stuff, walk and talk type stuff, honestly, like a DSLR is not the best option. No. So you got to think about that too. And keeping with our idea of you, buying stuff that you can then use for your phase two, GH5S, uh, the camcorders, are great B and C cameras or behind-the-scene cameras for when you start shooting features. So those aren't going to go to waste once you get into the phase two and the big boy cameras because you can use it as a B cam, especially if you stay within your family of cameras and the sensors the same. You can easily match your B cam, which you originally was your A cam for interviews and digital, uh, with your A cam. Yeah, um, exactly. With your new A cam, I should say. Um, and it's you can get like a C two hundred and yep. then upgrade to like a C seven hundred and or like you know. we're doing uh, 
in the reverse way. <laughs> in the reverse way. Uh, GH5S, then the LT, and then the V35. We have the G. We have the V35. Now we're going down to smaller things, just so we have a nice B cam and all that. Yeah. Um, and then you want to get your, you know, your uh, tripods. Now tripods can be super expensive, but they don't need to be. Yeah. Um, you need. I'd say it's definitely something worth investing in because you'll yeah. find. Um, Ooh, it's it's really hard to recover from having a bad tripod. I mean, if you have a tripod that's sticky or it, it doesn't have like smooth pan or doesn't like if it's not um, rated for your size of camera, it's really hard to deal with that. I mean, there's really nothing you can do. Yeah. So I think it's worth it to ha- invest in like an appropriate tripod that is of quality for uh, video production. And again, you get a good quality tripod with a good weight uh weight max and you can then use your tripod when you get your big camera and not have to get a new one because this tripod's rated for 35 pounds well now when you get your big camera and throw a bunch of accessories on it you still are under the weight yeah and i think um i mean early on we kind of went for cheaper tripods or just mm-hmm. tripods that we had around like available to us yeah all the Manfrotto stuff. I mean, we use a lot of Manfrotto stuff mm-hmm. at Larry too, and it's like, it's really not ideal. It's like it's video camera stuff. It's like it's not. It's barely. I mean, I don't know. It's just. It's so like when if you've never used like a Sackler or a Cartoni mm-hmm. or an O'Connor, like they don't know what they're missing. You don't. You really <laughs> don't. It's like night and day, um, and. To me, it's just totally worth it. Okay, yeah. moving on. Uh, so, um, yeah. I, I also think um, something that every like uh, you, you just need, no matter what, is like a good monitor. There you go. Because there you go. The monitor is sort of like the key to achieving um, good video. If you grow accustomed to your monitor, you can um, basically use any camera. You know exactly how to read the false colors, how to read the the uh, uh, like waveforms and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. How to use the peaking so you know when it's in focus. You sort of like learn that monitor, and then you can take it to different cameras and still get the same results and good results out of any camera. Yeah, and um, so to me, as like a freelance shooter or like an indie film shooter, having a good monitor is like super crucial. So. Here you are. You are, you know, you have your camera, you have your tripod, you have your monitor. Um, and then I would say, like, you know, the access- we're not going to talk about the accessories that go with the camera, batteries, uh, you know, yeah. stuff like that. That's just a gimme. But uh, I would say finally to do your phase one, like a good, a good setup in the camera department for phase one would be a, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? A, a, a nice set of lenses. Yeah. Um, and... You know, it depends. The thing that sucks about lenses is that, you know, cameras, even if they're in the same family, have different mounts. Yeah. Um, but here's where you get a good set of camera, a good set of lenses. Now, if you're using something like a DSLR, you can get some decent lenses that aren't super expensive. Yeah. Um, you don't have to go to the, you know, $5,000 lens range. Nope. You can get, you know... I don't know if they sell them anymore. Me and Alex are trying to find this out for when we get our GH5S. Uh, Vedra made some really great lenses. They unfortunately 
uh, were the victims of a robbery, a break-in and a robbery, and we don't know if they're going to recover um, and ever sell again. Yeah. But um, their set of uh, – how many was their prime set? Was it six? Six, I think. Six was $6,000. Now, you think that might be crazy, but keep in mind that the uh, KinoFlow Select 30 gaffer kit is also $6,000. Yeah. And the good thing about, about lenses is that if you keep them up, you know, make sure they're nice and clean, uh, great working order, no scratches, no mold, they, they hold their value, value pretty well. Um, they do. And um, you can use them for a long time. I mean, it might be difficult. So, like, the Vedra is the key is that they're micro four-thirds. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of cameras are Micro Four Thirds, so they're a little bit more um, sketchy, I would say. But, you know, sort of like the universal mounts that yeah. are used on a lot of cameras like Canon and PL. And uh, that's those are the ones, really. Yeah, and it, but if you're going to keep your GH5S or your cameras that use Micro Four Thirds uh, mounts, then you can keep those lenses and still use them. Yeah. Um, that's that's the idea of the phase one is just the beginning of phase two, really. It's, yeah. You're really just starting at phase two, but just starting smaller. Yeah. And I think um, uh, when it comes to, I mean, lenses, mm-hmm. again, you want to make sure that you're getting stuff for whatever you're doing. So, like, yeah. dock stuff, you're going to want to zoom, really. Yeah. You're not going to want primes. Yeah. Because that'd be crazy. That'd be, uh, you, I've done be, it. It's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, swapping lenses all day long, doing yeah. that stuff. It's just a bad idea. So you'd yeah. want to zoom. Um, and, you know, do you need a cinema style? Like a, like Canon made these cool uh, servo zoom, servo cine zooms, like oh, these mini man. ones. Yeah. Do you need that? I don't know. Do you need just like a photo zoom? Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's up to you. Uh, but again, this is like the ultimate equipment package. That's what we're saying. <laughs> so it's like buy the stuff that you're going to be happy with and not sort of like, you know, looking over your shoulder at the other stuff and being like, ah. <sighs> I wish I would have got that. Exactly. Um, and so now you got your camera department basically filled out for phase one. We have a few other things. Yeah, but. Shoulder mount. Yeah, but I follow mean. focus. Those are things that. Not necessary, especially if you're doing if you're on six the whole time in an interview. Um, yeah. The follow focus isn't really needed. The shoulder mount isn't really needed. Now, again, it all depends on what you're shooting, though, because like Alex said, if you're shooting a doc, you want to zoom, you want a shoulder mount, you want to follow focus. I if mean, you're not, follow focus is nice in general, yeah. but only if you have like the appropriate lenses. Because exactly, it becomes weird when you have the photo lenses that just spin <laughs> infinitely forever. forever. You'll be screwed. But now you go into your now you got your your. I would say a decent phase one camera kit. Now you get into your lighting. And like Alex said, one or two uh, Hive Wasps. And what's great about the Hive Wasps is as you grow to phase two, you can buy more and it's, they're just, they're useful. They're yeah. not, you're not going to think to yourself, man, I have too many uh, wasps on set because they always can be pointed and shaped to, to whatever you need. And they're great. Yeah, and I mean, again, these are just like, these are what we have, but for you it might be like flex panels or like uh, light mats or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, get whatever it is that you think you'll use the most. Um, in any in whatever you're doing, even as you move up to features, because yeah. light mats can be used on features. Awesome. They're great. 
Um, you know, if you do like the Kino Flow Select 30s, Alex has fallen in love with them. Uh, uh, so nice. <laughs> or like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those, again, can be used when you're in your phase one doing local stuff, doing, you know, uh, client-based stuff. But then at the same time, you don't have to, like, put them in the closet or sell them when you move up to features because they will be very useful. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, what I like about them and what I am now looking for in stuff is versatility. Uh, So that's really the main reason I like those over other things is because the freestyle, you can pull out uh, the lighting unit from the Kino housing to make like a flat panel. Um, The control panel uh, can mount to the back. And mm-hmm. you can operate it like a diva. Yep. Or you can pull it off and sort of like boom it over someone and have the, the control panel mounted on the stand. Um, it does all the colors. It has the, the gel presets, bicolor, dimmable, effects. Yeah, they're DMXable. awesome. DMXable. They're awesome. It's like it's, it checks all the boxes <laughs> that one could check. And so to me, that's that's what I'm most interested in for our current ultimate equipment package is because versatility is key. Yeah, and you're going to notice that if you the more versatile a piece of equipment is, the more likely you're going to use it as you progress in your career. Um, you know, there'll be something that comes out new and flashy, and if as you get more money and all that, you'll probably want to get it or could get it. But at the same time, you don't need to. Um, yeah, and I think it, it's... One of, it's one of those things where it's it's easy to get carried away, and it's also Ooh. it's super easy to see the shiny object and want it. But yep. when it comes down to it, if you aren't sure that you're going to use it, like don't get it. I mean, it, it's like I know I want the Kinos because I've used them, and I think they're amazing, and I like them better than anything else out there. You know, at one point I was like, oh, I want the sky panels. But but I don't. They're so what? They're so big. Oh my gosh. They're so heavy. They're junior mounts. You have to you have to have junior stands. If you want to like boom over oh someone, you have to oh. you have to do it with like a junior mount. Um we have an entire studio of buying things that we necessarily didn't have any uh real plan for using. Um yeah. those eighteen bank uh techs. Just got them because they were awesome. Got them at uh, auction. Got them, great deal. Yeah, got them at a great deal. But and uh, when we went to pick them up, couldn't fit them in a cargo van. Nope. Because they are giant. Yep. So um, really, and this is the lo- this is where research comes in. Really, and, and again, with ShareGrid, rent these things before you buy them. Because you want to know that you're making a sound decision because you want to spend the money to get something that you're going to use and not be frustrated with or not, like Alex said, be looking over your shoulder and be like, well, that guy has the Kino Selects. Those are pretty nice. I wish I would have got those. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I'll just use, put some gels on my, uh, my bicolor light panel. I know. It's tough because stuff is constantly coming out. Yeah. Uh, so there's always like... It seems like, uh, especially recently, if in the past five years, you buy a light and then the cool new jazz comes out. Yeah. And you're like, ah. Damn. It's like, oh, you buy the, the daylight light and then the cool new jazz bicolor comes out and you're like, ah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the cool new jazz bicolor 
with green magenta shift comes out and you're like, oh, man. And then the bicolor with full RGB <laughs> color spectrum comes out and you're like, ah, oh, yes. And then the full <laughs> bicolor with the full RGB color spectrum. You can do this all night. And uh, the gel packs comes out and you're like, oh, man. One thing I do think. And then, oh, God, stop. Uh. <laughs> but now what I'm saying is. I feel like we're reaching a point. Oh, I think you're going to say what I was going to say. Where it's sort of the peak is upon us, and we're about to to level out. I think what we're doing is we're we're hitting the peak in terms of the technology of the actual lighting itself. Like most of the things are going to be features that can come out in a firmware update. Like our hives came full color, blah blah blah. But then all of a sudden, a firmware came out where they had effects. Right. So you're going to have what, what's going to happen is you're going to have um, you know, these full spectrum, high quality, uh, CRI is really high. Um, and what will happen is they'll just keep releasing firmware that makes them better. But what I think we're going to start seeing is more like the Kino selects where the versatility is going to change, where they're going to be able to, you know, break away and then, uh, do wireless DMX built in and stuff like that. So I think we are kind of Flatlining out in terms of the lights themselves, yeah. but like the the builds of them are going to definitely improve, and maybe they'll get lighter, yeah. maybe they'll get uh, more Thinner. robust, uh, more you know modular, sure. um, and that may be where you're like, oh, I really wish I had that. But in terms of not having what one light has, I mean, it, a firmware update will give you a gel pack. Yeah, but what I'm saying now is like we we are seeing now, sort of like the options. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, it was a panel of LEDs with the controls on the back. <laughs> yeah. And like that's what it was. Uh huh. Um, and then you know even like the old Kino uh, celebs were that it's like an LED panel, but the, even they then made like the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can get the diva or the uh, celebs now. Yeah. But I mean. Now they have also let you know, hey, there's the option to have this thing that removes and you can use it like a, a ballast. Yeah, no, then that's the and thing. So now like the options are, are known at least uh, and whether or not like the light you have or you want has the options is like still in question. But like now, you know, like, oh, maybe one day they could come out with like a modular thing. So I don't know. Do I want that or do I want this other kit that has the modular thing i still think there's going to be some things that come out that are going to be like oh i didn't even know that was possible you never know it's just it's like a floating light it's yeah or something there's always i mean again like you know not that it's seemed so crazy when it came out but it was one of those why didn't i think of that moments is like these sputnik tubes the digital yeah. Sputniks, like you just think, oh wait a second, and they daisy chain together, and they can be programmed and all that. You're like, wait a second here. Now yes. this is something a little different, and you're like, wait, okay, okay, yeah, and yeah. which is why it's on our phase two list. Yes, but <laughs> I think those are what I would call specialty lights. Okay, that's fair. You know, like you could, you could light a a um uh like interview with them, but why? Mm-hmm. Because they're so. I don't know, weird. They're like meant for like production design and like uh, sticking in weird places and stuff. It's like not really meant for like primary lights. Mm-hmm. But um, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but anyway. Okay. And so now, I mean, grip is, man, a phase one of grip is 
Yeah, I have a lot of stuff on there because I... Um, You're a grip whore. I am. <laughs> we had a lot already uh, of it. Yes, that's true. But uh, I think C-stands, like you said, are super crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a Dana dolly. Yeah. Um, so low boy combo stands are crucial. Yep. Um, I do think that like uh, road rags kits are good. Uh, some flags. Yeah, um, that's one thing that I have been missing in my life <laughs> is a solid 4x4 collapsible frame and rag kit. Yeah. I have on the list the Road Flags 2 kit. But that, I honestly don't want that, but I put it there <laughs> to remind you for consistency. Yeah. Because I hate the idea of having the road rags and then not having the Matthews road flags four by four kit and instead <laughs> God, having something else. You are so weird. Um, you are so weird. But I mean, it's like, I can't tell you how many times I've needed a four by four and I just don't have it. Yep. So... That's one of those things. Got to have a collapsible 4x4 kit with like a silk. Um, the Westcott one has like a floppy flag, which is really cool. Um, stuff like that just really comes in handy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that's a pretty good, I think that's a pretty solid like base for grip. Flags, some C- some stands. Yeah. Um, oh, sandbags, also, you know. Sandbags. And we... Um, we didn't even mention, like, we said C-stands, but I think you probably want some baby stands. Yeah. We have kit point. stands, like some, like, medium-duty kit stands <laughs> duty. that work pretty well for, like, the light uh, LEDs that we have, mm-hmm. like the super lightweight stuff. Yeah. Um, so we don't need, like, the beefy babies and no. stuff. Um, and the C-stands are what you're going to need when it comes to, like, using the... Kino the flags selects. and the road and, rigs and, and the Kino selects if you get the those. selects and all kind of stuff. So yeah. you got to have a few things. I did yeah. add a uh, a luxury item. Uh-oh. I would call it the uh, Coupo Junior Boom Stand. Did you see that? I put that in there. I didn't. didn't I'm seeing it now. Um, so one thing that we use all the time at uh, Larry for interviews, yeah, are menace arms, which allow you to boom. A light really far over people. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. And when we can't rent them, it sucks. <laughs> and we have to use C-stands and you just can't arm out very far. And it's annoying. Um, so I found these Kupo Junior Boom stands, which are basically like combo stands that convert into a sort of like nine foot boom arm. Yep. Uh, which is great because, again, we want these to... Fit in the car. If you use a menace arm, you have to get pipe, oh, yeah. uh, which has to fit in your car at yep. full length. It doesn't yeah. like telescope out. Yep. It's just a piece of pipe. <laughs> so you're gonna have to get like a nine or ten foot piece of pipe, which sucks. Yep. Um, so I saw those. I think they would be pretty cool. Yeah. For like the interview stuff that we do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. Um, and then finally, if you, you know, I, we've talked about this so many times, um, you're going to want audio if you're not going to rent somebody to do audio. Yeah. Um, now here's the thing is that phase one audio is kind of like phase two audio. The stuff, you, if you're going to do your own sound, you kind of get the stuff that you can use on a film. 
Uh, maybe your recorder changes a little bit. And you um, might just get more lines. More, yeah. So you, I would say you need a recorder. You need something like a Zoom H6 just for interviews and all that. If you're just doing interviews, Zoom H6 is great. Yep. Um, and it, you can use it on features, so it's a, that's not a throwaway item once you move up to phase two. Yeah. Um, uh, you could get – and then, you know, I know professional sound guys that still use Sennheiser G4s and G5s. Yeah. Um, and those are fine. And and they're a little bit cheaper than Zaccoms or Lectrosonics, but they can still be used at a professional level for features. Yeah, um, I think one thing with the sound especially, mm-hmm. uh, at least for us, maybe yeah. different for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, if you don't know the difference and you can't tell the difference, then it might not be worth it. Yeah. To get like the 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 super expensive like top shelf thing. Yeah, the the when you move up to the top shelf, you you're getting Cleaner audio because there's not as much distortion. And then you have little bells and whistles that are nice. Like the Zaccom, you can, uh, you know, it's wireless control. So you can raise and lower the uh, decibels, the volume on the pack when it's on the actor without having to go over to them and, and adjust it. Um, Zaccoms. What's, what's the one that lets you use, like, the, the tones to adjust settings? That, I think, is electrosonic. And so what you do is you go up to the electrosonic mic and you do a tone, and it'll go through the mic, and it'll register, and it'll increase or decrease volume. Uh, Zaccom also has, uh, I think they patented this, which is why it's only Zaccom, uh, internal recording on the, on the actual lavalier. So you can put a little SD card in the lavalier pack that the, you connect to the, uh, to the actor, and it'll record locally. So if you do lose the signal, it doesn't matter. You got, a, you got a local record on a card that you can pop out. Yeah. So, uh, and so that are, stuff's good. Like, that's sweet. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you don't really know what you're doing, exactly, uh, might not be worth it. Exactly. And at the same time, if you get your G, you know Sennheiser wireless lavs, you know when you move up to features, you may just hire somebody. Um, so you never yeah. know. But uh, but like most of the the professional grade ones that you buy at level one can be used in level two if you're going to do your own sound on a feature which i would not recommend but you know have at it <laughs> yeah have at it yeah exactly so that kind of does it for the phase one and then phase two is kind of adding on because you want to build your phase one as something that doesn't become obsolete when you grow up to the grow uh, i say grow up grow up to the big boy productions hey <laughs> um you know it's just it's a waste of money to think that okay, well, when I go, you know, do bigger productions, I'm just gonna get rid of all this other stuff because it was useless. No, you want to you want to build your kits that can expand and grow with you as an artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the stuff that I've uh, <laughs> put on here is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, of again, course. because it's the ultimate dream equipment package. Yeah, for us. Yours may, yours may vary. Yours may vary. So I, one thing that uh, is not included in phase one, yeah, are what I like to call the big gun lights. Oh, let's uh, let's go. Let's start with camera first. I know you. I know you're a lighting guy. Okay, I'm just going in the order that it I is know, on but this I'm just sheet. I'm just going by what we did last time. We did okay, camera sure. first. Fine. Doesn't uh, matter. Well, They're not taking notes. But okay. <laughs> they should be. This uh, is so okay. important. Yeah, let's do camera. I think um, a large monitor. Yes. Is key. The director monitor kind of thing. Director monitor. Um, something that you can, like, uh, if you're DPing or directing, you can just sit behind the monitor, the big mm-hmm. monitor, while the camera operator is 
doing his thing. And you can see clear detail. Uh, clear it's detail. not some little small thing. Um, nice colors, yep. accurate colors. Yeah. Um, and the one that we have written down is the Atomos Sumo, Sumo 19 inch, which also can record. So you yep. could record little dailies if you if your camera doesn't do that, or yep. like proxies or whatever. Um. So yeah, I mean, having something like that with, and then another thing is a wireless video system. Yep, uh, like a Teradek or a Paralynx, um, mm-hmm. which will send the video to the 19-inch monitor, and at the same time, other monitors around. Yeah. Um, very nice. Yeah. Very nice to have, but a luxury. Phase two, though. Phase two, because as yeah, you phase get Phase two is all about luxury. Luxury and bigger production. So yeah. when you're in phase two, you're probably not going to be behind the camera the whole time. Right. I think phase one, that's why you want your little your little small HD monitor yeah. um, on the for camera. The you're still going to want those. Yeah, you're still going to want be them. Exactly. It. Still want them, but you want to upgrade so that when you're sitting at your sweet little director chair or uh, DP chair, uh, you can just watch in a beautiful 19-inch screen everything that's going on without having to be right behind the camera. Yep. Upgrade. Upgrade. Um, and then uh, for the camera, you want some wireless follow, follow focus. Yeah, and again, like this is for... Our phase two, which is features. If your phase two is not features, yeah. or if you don't even have a phase two, don't even worry about it. Yeah, don't even worry. About um, it. But for us, is you're going to have your you know first AC. Wireless, yeah, wireless focus is is pretty clutch, yeah. as they say. Oh man, it is nice. Um, so having one, we have the Red Rock Micro. Yeah, wireless follow focus, which is which is like a, a middle of the road. Yeah. Um, upgrade. But I think, and I don't know if we would want anything other than that. Yeah, I don't know. We we'll have to play with it more. Um, and but then here you go. You got your Teradek or your Paralynx wireless video system. Then on top of that, you have another monitor that the person doing the wireless follow focus can watch as well. Yeah, look, look at this. Ahead. It all just connects together. All right, now we'll get to Alex's lighting package of his creme de la creme luxury package for features. Yeah. So I mean, I again, I went for the big guns for the features because you're going to want to be doing things like. Um, simulating sunlight. You don't want to be doing things like battling sunlight. Yep. Um, Keep talking. And lighting large spaces, mm-hmm. things like that. So, um, man, it's almost like ridiculous for me to even, I feel like, have these on there. But I put the digital Sputnik DS6. <sighs> I know you did. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. I'll admit it. I'll be dis- I would be disappointed if I didn't see it on there. They're 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 giant. They're which again is like I don't want giant lights, but I know. but phase two uh, involves a sprinter. Yes. Okay. We should we should start that off with phase two is sprinter van. So you have an for extra us. van for us. This is not your car. This is not you know something where you you know bring the dog around on the weekends. This is strictly jam it with equipment because you're going on a shoot. Yeah. Um, and so. For us, phase two, we want everything to be able to fit into one sprinter. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. That's the goal. Because, um, you know, we don't want a second sprinter. You add another twenty thousand dollars onto everything. You just don't want. You just don't want to deal with it. And also, uh, we want a sprinter because, as we mentioned, we had a we had a truck at one point. Um, one of the reasons we didn't like it was it was a pain to drive around. Yep. Uh, having a, a van is going to be a little bit better. Much we better. probably don't want like the giant XL sprinter. We want no. like the Schmieds. Schmedium Schmied, uh, sprinter, perfect. Yeah, perf. So something that's easy to jet around, 
um, but can still fit enough gear to uh, do the thing. Anyway, so that's why I think the digital Sputnik DS6 is okay, even though they're large. Um, they're the big gun lights, so yeah. they're, they have to be large if you're going to have them. The other options are are things like uh, the Jab Punch by Aiden Tech, mm. also huge. Yep. The Neela Arena lights Ugh. or boxers, also huge. Yep. Um, they're all big when it comes to the big guns. That's why they're called the big guns, people. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Yep. I chose the digital Sputnik because, once again, it has uh, the features that one might need. Yep. To um, like what Alex give us a promo. Well, you can. Uh, <laughs> Alex loves these things. They're so cool. <laughs> they're so cool. It's actually each unit is actually six little lights, um, but they uh, they're wirelessly controlled, mm, which is the full future. color spectrum. Mm-hmm. The whole shebang, guys. What do they pump out? I don't even know. Okay. I don't know. They're just bright. They're bright. <laughs> and they are... Um, Very technical over here. Yeah, I forget. I don't even remember. Um, some of you may be like, well, why'd you pick that over over the uh, um, the sky panels? Because those, those also <sighs> are very bright. And uh, Guys, get off the sky panels. Yeah. I mean, I just... First of all, I like the digital Sputnik because... What it is, it's like arrays of LEDs in little PAR lenses. So they're much more power. They have more punch, whereas the mm. sky panel is like a flat, soft yeah. light. Yep. Um, which, in my opinion, it's like you can create the flat light or the, the soft light, I mean, with modifiers or bouncing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can't really create hard light from uh, the sky panel. Yeah. Yep. So... That's it's it's one of those things. These are Alex's babies. These uh, these of course cost fourteen thousand dollars new. A piece. A piece. But uh, yeah, you know what? This is ultimate package. This is the dream. Ultimate dream package. package. Yep, yep, yep. And then I've also included uh, the Estera Titan tubes, which instead of the digital Sputnik Voyager, chose the the Estera Titan tubes. These things are cool. They have little attachments. You can so you can hang them. You can attach them in different ways to the wall. Just do all sorts. Um, of there's stuff. all sorts of things, and they're. Uh, Battery powered, and they charge in the case. So cool. So cool. Yeah, they're great. And again, these are sort of like luxury lights. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you know, if you're shooting a feature, you could just like stick them up on the wall, and they could look like fixtures that are meant to be there. You know, like practicals or whatever. You could stick them up on the ceiling, and they could look like fluorescent office, lights. Like, yeah. yeah, and then they start flickering, and you have full control. Yeah. Or I, I always think about. There's a scene in. Uh, Blade Runner uh, 2049, where they're in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. It's at the very beginning. Uh, And he's got, uh, there's like a tube over the mirror. Okay. And it's very clearly um, one of these LED tubes. Okay. And it's like got a color to it, so it looks all cool. Yeah. You know? Or whatever, but it's just like right in the frame, you know. It's like part of the set dressing. Yeah, and that's what's cool about these. Is like they don't look double duty. Yeah, again, it's like <laughs> versatility. Um, you could put them into like some type of a fixture and, as a four bank, you know, like keto type thing. If yeah. you need an extra unit, so that's nice as well. But really, they're great for like sticking under shelves. Yeah, under um, or 
sticking onto the wall or the ceiling or in little nooks and crannies or like into into the the set builds and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what they're for. Yeah. Um, and then, similarly, <laughs> the Westcott Flex Cine RGBW. These kit. things are so sick. They're they're super thin. I mean, super thin uh, and light, but very bright. Very bright. It's a it's a, it is what it is. It it they're flexible. You just yeah. can bend them. Again, it's about the versatility when it comes to yep. those. You can tape them to oh. the ceiling. You like one of my favorite things about these lights is like just seeing how people use them because they're so cool you can stick it like i've seen people do shoots in elevators like real elevators where it's just tiny it's a tiny space you don't really want to be shooting in a real elevator Mm -hmm. but if you have to i mean how are you going to light that if you don't have tiny little (laughs) leds that you can tape up to the ceiling like that's what you do and they're uh, they're building mounts for them so that they can be again set up like uh, like a Kino fixture and all that with barn doors and all that. But I mean the versatility is uh, there. It comes we, with those. Does it already? I thought they, mm-hmm. maybe the video I saw was old where it said. Oh yeah, that, that's was. where that's what we're coming out now with. Now they have them. They yeah. have the yokes with like uh, the softbox. Oh, yeah, so basically, the they look like a Kino, but you can peel them off and stick them on the wall, and they're super flat. Yep. Versatility. Sweet. Yep. Um. Well. Okay. This again. It's like. I don't even know if these are going to stay on the list, but the light gear light tile four by four kits. Mm. Those are, those are like a, probably not <laughs> honestly, but they're kind of cool. The light gear, if you haven't, if you haven't seen the light gear light tiles, it's a great idea. Um, they're basically like foldable cloth lights, uh, panels that you can stick in four by four or eight by eight frames. That's eight feet. So you can make like huge They're sources. Huge. Yeah. Um, you stick them in like a an overhead frame like you would um, a silk or something or a net. Yep. And um, you can create these ginormous sources that you can stick out of windows or like put up really high to simulate like a big softy source. And they're pretty pretty bright. Pretty bright. Pretty bright. So I don't know. I'm probably going to lose those from the dream kit because <laughs> when it comes down to it, the flex cine lights are going to do the trick. Yeah, and our big our big gun digital Sputniks are going to do the trick. <laughs> Fourteen thousand dollar light. They better do the trick. Keep going. Uh, lastly, on that on that list, we have the light gear light ribbon. Kit. Now this I think will stay. These will stay. Yeah, these are cool. Uh, only because you get in those situations, and actually it came up. <laughs> On a, the, well, a little short we did not too long ago where we had a, a shot in a car. And I was oh, like yeah. scratching my head like, what do we have to <laughs> light this car scene? Nothing, really. I mean, we did. I just didn't think of it. But um, I ended up using these one-by-one one panels, which was crazy and stupid. <laughs> it was a pain. But the light gear light ribbon kits are just basically like raw... LED strips. Strips that you buy if you go to like a supply store. Yeah, but these are like really color accurate. You can get bicolor ones too. And they have little dimmers and like power banks. You can stick, you can power them with like AA batteries. And then you can just like stick them wherever. Stick them on the dash of a car. Um, They use them in in like uh, the Avenger movies for like uh, the suits and stuff. You can stick them in costumes. Yep. They're Um, legit. I love them. You can put them all over the place. Yeah. So, those are definitely handy, and they make little kits. Yep, 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 pretty yep. cool. Yep, 
Um, and then uh, for sound, you know, there's really you got your Sweet Lobs, you got your Zoom H6, but then you want to kind of move up to something like the Sound Devices 633. Uh, just gives you a little more control of levels. Uh, you know, basically anything you want to do, better uh, w- ways of recording and monitoring and metering your audio, much more inputs if you have more uh, people, you know, actors acting, as they say. Yeah. Um, uh, just as a, a beefier, more robust recording system. And really, in my opinion, the, what it comes down to with the sound and like the different things is um, usability in the field because. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you're booming, yeah, you can't, it's hard to be adjusting the, uh, the H6 yep. with the little knobs and stuff. Uh, you're going to want like a, a bag, you know, your shoulder bag that, that sits on the front of you yep. with the mixer in it. So you can look down and like mix and have the boom and have the lavs all up in the bag with everything. All it's together. Just like all together. It's like a whole system. These audio guys, they got it figured out. They know what they're doing. They, you guys are smart. That's why we hire you instead of doing it ourselves. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you know, that's it's, it's just so hard. If you've ever been on a shoot oh. and you tried to use like a little uh, mini recorder. Mm, not fun. And especially if you're running and gunning or like uh, uh, doing a dock type thing where you're traveling, it's just not ideal. Um, There's ways to do it, but... Even then, the the best ways are not ideal rather than getting a 633 in a bag with everything in there. Yeah, because um, with the H6, even if you got a bag for it, the, the knobs aren't accessible while you can see the meters. It's not really a running gun or booming kind of thing. It is for interviews. It's it, it's for vlogging. and It's, it's for, for like setting on a table yep. and, and viewing it that way. Yep. And it's then not, making your slight for, adjustments as some yeah. people are talking, but not live mixing or anything like that, which yeah. the 633 definitely is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you get into grip. Yeah, I haven't even filled out the grip section yet. I mean, th- th- we could go on and on, but you get your high rollers. Yep. Uh, you get carts. Carts are huge. Especially, well, only if you have a sprinter, a sprinter or a truck. But, yep. Um, but yeah. that's, what our, that's what our phase two is, a sprinter. Yeah. And we, I have uh, discovered the backstage collapsible van gurney, which... Thing looks whew. so sick. Again... It's like we want things that are smaller, sleeker, can and make, like our move around, make our lives easier. That that uh, cart fits in like regular doorways. Mm. Uh, it fits in elevators. Unlike regular studio carts that are huge, you know, <sighs> it's 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 collapsible. Yeah, it's crazy. I just that's great. That's what we want. Big fan. That's the kind of stuff we need. The the stuff that makes life easier but doesn't take up too much room doing it. Yeah, but when it comes to grip uh, for a sprinter and the ultimate equipment package, you get the idea. If you've ever seen like a a sprinter, yeah, package, it's you know stands, apple boxes, the, the, sandbags, the whole shebang, little clamps and clips. We have a ton <laughs> of that stuff. Noga arms, stuff like that. I mean, just just Every, everything. All those little bibs and bobs. Bibs and bobs, but just enough. To fit on the sprinter, yeah, not no more. more, not more. Don't don't throw an extra bag, uh, gig bag in your car of them. No, no. don't no. need that much. Um, You're overdoing it. And then we have a little oh, extra man, extra this. area for power. Yes, because well, you're going to get in some situations where power is not an option, mm-hmm. or it's just not great. So, yeah. um, you know, we've brought it up before. We've shot out in the in the woods. 
for an evening where there was zero power. We've been to locations where uh, we didn't have access to, you know, more than like a plug Mm -hmm. or um, older buildings where the power is just not great. Yep. And you don't know, like, you know, like our building that we're in, some of the, the outlets don't even work. Yeah. So you could you could be out of luck when it comes to, um, you know, having power at a location and stuff like that. Hopefully you've done some location scouting and checked the outlets, but you never know. You know what? Things get overlooked. Yeah. You and- can also run into the situation. So I was on a shoot once where I was using all LEDs and I was relatively confident or I was really confident <laughs> that I would have no problem with power Yeah, uh, in terms of like overloading anything. Uh, but I accidentally uh, ran power from an outlet that I didn't realize was connected um, to a pool pump. Oh. And so it was right at the edge already. Oh. And when I had, um, I plugged in a couple lights and there were only like 75 watt lights, oh. but um, it, it blew the circuit. And if we hadn't, uh, if the owner of the property hadn't been there, we would have been out of luck. Uh, and that's why we've included yep. some Goal Zero Yeti 3000s. Oh, man, these things are great. Which is just portable battery power um, that you can use anywhere, like a generator. Um, yeah. So you could either use it to draw directly out of it to, to do your lights, or since we have two on our list, you have one to draw power from for your lights, but at the same time, another one's charging your batteries. Yep. Charging your camera batteries, charging your monitor batteries, all that good stuff. Always charging, always charging, always power. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of our dream kit. We're trying. We we got a lot of of phase one, uh, just from everything we've done. Yeah. Um, everything we bought in auctions and all that. Now we're slowly camera. We're kind of working backwards. We got the phase, uh, you know, the phase two camera already. The V thirty five. Now we're working back and getting the LT and the GH five S. But uh, we're working towards it. Yeah. We're working towards our, our dream kit where we feel confident enough to be able to go to any situation, any movie, aside from a $100 million blockbuster, and shoot the shit out of it. Yeah, and I think um, you know our kit's going to be really stupid to some people. Yeah. Uh, your kit might be really stupid to us. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really will be stupid to us, yeah. Um, but I think it comes down to experience. You you want to uh, test everything out. You want to get your hands on stuff and make sure it's actually exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, and your opinions will probably change over time. Like, if you're a young filmmaker, you will probably think you want something now that you won't in the future. And that's just never really going to change. Yep. I feel like as we get older, the stuff that we're going to want is going to be way different um, than what we want now. But at the moment, this is what... <laughs> we're going for this is this is our dream package and this is i think what we're going to be very happy with once we get it all filled out but uh again it all depends on your personal preference and what you're planning on shooting um so yep. just do the research and know that in the long run it's better to pay the higher price now because you're going to be happy with the stuff longer and not only that but you'll also be able to you know charge a little bit more for your services and for what you want to do yeah and i think some of you might be screaming at the uh at your phone or whatever, that this is a podcast about no budget filmmaking and we're talking about fourteen thousand dollar expensive lights. stuff. But I think it's important to remember that uh and you know, one of the benefits of purchasing if it makes sense, like if you have the work to back it up, uh, is that the cost gets spread out 
over multiple projects. So like, um, for example, a buying any of these lights, um, if you make five films with them, you will have, you yeah. know, easily covered the cost of them in what you would have paid in rentals yeah, and stuff like that. So it's, it's important to think about that. If you're going to, how many, you know, gigs you're going to be using them for what they cost to rent, how much you'd be spending on renting it compared to how much it costs to buy it, how long it's going to take for you to basically like earn back the cost of that light and then start sort of like, uh, you know, making money on it. Yeah. And just like our like our kit evolves from phase one to phase two, you know what? You guys are going to start off doing no-budget films, but the end goal, I think, for any filmmaker is to make films with and, and projects with bigger and bigger budgets. So as yeah. your budgets grow, your equipment should grow. So yeah, this is no-budget filmmaking, but I don't think 20 years into your career, you're still hoping to do no-budget filmmaking. Um, if you do, that's more power to you. But for, I think for the most part, people here want to increase their budget, increase their production value. And that means you have an increased kit and yeah. that, a little bit more money. And so yeah. we're and just, some of you may just want to rent. Yeah, that's fine too. Renting's fine. Rent from totally us. Fine. Yeah. Rent from us, please. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So that is, was a long drawn out, uh, build your perfect kit. Um, but let's get into what's cool real quick before we lose them up forever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what's cool? Grayscale Gorilla, which mm. is a company I have um, been aware of for quite some time. Okay. They specialize in cinema 4D. Oh. Um, what was really cool about them back in the day was they they made like a cinema 4D light kit. Oh. So you could light your 3D scenes with what amounted to sort of like light fixtures that were equivalent to things that you were familiar with mm. in real life. So okay. lighting a, a CG scene became uh, easier for those of us who are more familiar with like traditional like live action lighting uh, because they had like little kinos, they had um, china balls and like all this stuff that emitted light in the same way. So you could place them around and get the light how you want them. That's pretty cool. Uh, but now they are doing, I think they're celebrating... 15 years? Oh, jeez. Like uh, and he's giving away a ton of stuff. I think it's like $18,000 worth of stuff, including like a sweet laptop, the entire Red Giant suite, um, Blackmagic Resolve Studio, uh, all sorts of stuff. Well, that's pretty cool. So, links in the description. Yeah, check it out. You can go click on it and submit. Yeah. Win some stuff. Uh, I got the Rococo Smart Suit Pro. So this has been out for a little bit, but they finally did a review that I read. Um, it's a motion capture suit. Um, and you've probably seen other ones out there, maybe some that are a little cheaper, a little more expensive. This one's right in the middle, about $2,500. And it is a uh, motion capture suit that connects to, I think it's Destiny, um, if I remember correctly. Um, and so what it does is it has 19 built-in sensors in there, does not have the fingers... Um, which, you know, a suit like the, um, what suit was that? The, uh, what am I looking for? Perception Neuron. Neuron. It has the fingertips. This one does not, uh, which is, you know, a bummer. But, uh, oh, no, Unity is what it is, not Destiny. So, but it connects easily to Unity. And people are saying that the quality of the capturing is a lot better than something like the Perception Neuron. 
Um, so if you're into motion capture and want to start doing motion capture on the DL, not super expensive, check out the Rococo Smart Suit Pro. It's a nice little suit that kind of zips on, almost like a wetsuit, and then get yeah. get to going. I'm not going to lie. That's one of my least favorite things about it. That it looks like a wetsuit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the, the perception neuron and that it's just like little straps you wrap around your existing clothes. Oh, get out of here. It's not about fashion. It's about performance. It's about looking like a <laughs> like a beatnik. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, the Aperture Fresnel 2X. So those of you, a lot of you probably use the Aperture uh, Lightstorm lights, the 120D and 300D. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some cool accessories. That, as you know, one of them is a Fresnel attachment. But now... They have the Fresnel 2X attachment, which is uh, twice as powerful uh, as their old Fresnel. So you get more output um, with the accessory than you did in in the previous model. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, I got the Red Cat 250 milliliter. Man, sleepy, sleepy. Red Cat 250 millimeter uh, F4.9 lens. this is what they are claiming. Now, it's a Kickstarter, so it's you know relatively fresh and new, so claims should go be taken with a grain of salt. Um, it is by William Optics. It's a Kickstarter for a ridiculously sharp you know, close-up lens. Um, I saw some footage of it. Uh, they were shooting a, I think they were hummingbirds. I'm not going to lie, ridiculously sharp. Um, nice. This, uh, this lens looks sick. They shot it on a GH5. It looks awesome. Um, 250. Wow. 250. 55. Wiggity That's pretty long. Yeah. It's a long lens, and they say that the sharpness is rivaling the cannons. That's cool. Um, but it, it, it's really cool. Um, go, so uh, follow the link in the, uh, the show notes and check out the footage that they've done, the test footage. Uh, pretty sharp. I was impressed. Um, so, uh, if you're into very long lenses, give it a check out. The coolest part is the inter- interchangeable mounts. Yeah. Which I think is becoming more and more common these days. Yeah. And it should be. It I mean, should, that's yeah. awesome. It's fantastic. If you, it's so annoying. Well, it's like, what should have the interchangeable mounts, the camera or the lenses? I don't know, but one of them should have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I, I completely agree. And you see more cameras have it. Granted, it seems to be that a lot of them are send it in and we'll change the mount rather than a quick thing. So if it's easier on the 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 lens itself to do a quick uh, change of the mount, I'd say put on the lens. Well, a lot of cameras nowadays you can do yourself. You just unscrew four screws and then stick it out. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I don't even know how easy it is to change the mounts on those lenses. Uh, let's see. I saw the wooden camera Zipbox Pro. Okay. Which is a little uh, map box that wooden camera has made. Um, it's kind of cool. I didn't think I would like. It. I'd be like, oh no. I was, I was like pretty skeptical when uh-huh. I when I clicked on it. I was like, oh god, another <laughs> map box. Like, what are they doing? Stupid. Um, how could you really improve upon? What is essentially a black box. <laughs> uh, but they've done it. They've done it. Kind oh of. Oh, my God, they've done it. Uh, basically, 
it's a pretty lack, you know, pretty bare bones system. Uh, but what's cool about it is it uses interchangeable backs. Oh. So the 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 map box itself can either be a clamp on, okay, or a swing away oh, based wow. on the back that you put on it. So it has nice. a, there's a swing away back that uses um, step down uh, rings, okay, for the different lens sizes. Nice. Um, or you can get uh, clip on backs in different sizes. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, to put on to your lenses. You're right. They did it. They did it. They but improved also, upon the map box. And that's great. But they also have um, this really interesting way to put in the filters. How so? Uh, so normally you would put the filter in a tray, mm-hmm. and then you slide the tray into the map box. In Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. In this, however, you take the glass filter. Uh-huh. And you stick it in, and there's a little clip that just holds it in place. Interesting. And it can hold up to three that way. What? Yeah. Kind of interesting. That's very interesting. So there's no trays. No trays. Uh, the one thing that you you lose is the ability... Some map boxes have the ability to rotate mm. um, filters. So mm-hmm. certain filters like polarizers and stuff yeah. uh, change based on how it's rotated. Yeah. You don't have that option with this. But, uh, but whatever. It's a trade-off. Um, and then it also has a little flag on the top, a little um, clip-on flippity, flippity flappity flag. If you don't want the J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Um, but the best part Uh-oh. about it yeah. is the price. And it is? Well, it's about... Well, it depends. Yeah. Depends. So the clip-on is cheaper, but it only comes with one clippity-clip size. So if you have like a lens set like ours where it's all the same diameter, yeah. you only need one clippity clip. Good to go. Good to go. But if you want to be able to use it on multiple things or rent it out, uh, you're going to need all the clippity clips. <laughs> um, it sounds so and professional. That, that is three ninety nine. That's not bad. If you want the swing away version, it's four ninety nine. But it comes with all of the uh, step down rings so you can use it on all the different ooh, sizes that ooh that's not bad that's not a bad price at all it's not and Especially it's, those it's features. small what i like about it is it's small so it's like i feel like they really have made this for like the gimbally people you know they really went went and looked at all the map boxes that were out there and like why do these suck yeah what they're is like, one why thing are they that so sucks big and yeah. weird so it's tiny and it's like low profile it looks Good. I don't know. I like the way it looks. Maybe you don't. Tell me what you think about it. I mean, I like wooden camera stuff. I think they always make a good... I mean, that is low profile. It's just nice. Yeah. It's just like slim and trim. I like it. I honestly wanted to hate it, but yeah. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that is... Hell yeah, I'll take that. That looks not... That looks really nice. Way to go, wooden camera. Way to go. Yeah, and I just like how easy it is. Oh, look at that. How easy it is to snap in a a filter. Just snippity snap. <laughs> snippity snap and then you clippity clap. <laughs> Thank God this is the last one. We're both getting <laughs> tired here. Uh, my final what's cool is the Atomus Shinobi. Um, this is uh, Atomus's first and only monitor without a recorder. 
All yeah. they have released before this has recorder, all that good stuff. But this is just the straight monitor to compete with small HD. Uh, it's a 4K input, HD display. But one problem, it's HDMI only. So that means no SDI in. Now, there's some rumors that there's some bumps on it that could maybe one day be SDI. But yeah. as of right now, no SDI input. Um, and uh, Also, no HDMI output. Exactly. So it's not a pass-through. Yeah, which is a real bummer. Real bummer. This is kind of going for vloggers. Um, it's you know. cheap, though. It is so cheap. Uh, and you going. can still do SD card LUTs, yeah. which is good. And it's only $400. Yeah, that's that's, not the, bad. that's it. That's the kicker right there. That's pretty good, and you still get all the cool features. Yeah, of Atomus. Yeah, like the HDR stuff, right? All that stuff. Yep, it's all there. It's basically like a it's ninja. Not, it's not bad. It's just like uh, I guess it'd be a great monitor for just like a DSLR. Exactly. That's what they're really pushing yeah. it to, because it does the mirroring thing. So if you flip it around and you're facing, you're doing like selfie mode, yeah. it'll flip. It'll flip it. Yep, it'll flip it. flap it. Like the clippity clips. I like it. Um, yeah, so I think that that'll do it. That was a long episode. That you was talking about that gear. Was unfortunately, long. Probably us just like rambling on about crap you don't care about. I know. Our Sorry, own guys. personal perfect equipment kit that uh, is not relevant to you. No, nope. and it has a fourteen thousand dollar light you know, in it. Some stupid yeah. light. <laughs> hopefully, you were able to take some info from it and then uh, build your own kit. If you want to post up your own ultimate equipment list. Oh, man, do, do so it. at fearlessfilmmakers.com yeah. uh, in the comments. Yeah, yeah, do it up, guys. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 42. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and Please. subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. And if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section, and we will try to answer them to the best of our knowledge. Also, don't forget to head on over to fearlessfilmmakers.com and join our growing community of filmmakers. Do it! All, All right, right, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Later.